Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Pop Increase podcast. Um, last time we did uh, a look back of the week that was in the World Cup. It was a good first week of Super 12s that we had seen. And we were just talking on the evening of the India-New Zealand game, which uh, somehow turned out to be the knockout punch for India in this World Cup. Uh, you know, New Zealand and India, they've, you know, they've always been the serial killers as they've been popularly called now in social media. So that was the last time we spoke and a lot has transpired since. So the midweek review, I mean, the mid-tournament review now comes closer to the playoffs or the semi-final review. So um, I have the usual guests, Anand and Ani with me. What do you guys think now of the World Cup? Like surprises, shocks, uh, anything changed for you guys since last time? I would say um, I'm happy to see a 180-plus game which was close. I mean, uh, I think that was lacking for quite some time since the IPL. Uh-huh. And uh, also, it was at Sharjah, which was exactly. even more surprising. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, the batting has improved a bit. I mean, the, even the previous game in Sharjah when England got to 160, I think, at Sri Lanka, um, did uh, do quite well. I thought yeah. they would have got all out for 100 or 110, but I think they were reasonably close. Maybe that 160 target was mm-hmm. a bit too high for them. So, yeah. at least you could say that the batting has become a little better. Though, mm-hmm. a lot of the 180 plus scores are against associate nations, um, barring the India-Afghanistan game. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, uh, but I, I hope maybe at least since the fire semis are in Abu Dhabi and in um, Dubai, I guess I'm hoping for at least a 160-ish game, but we'll like see. A proper game. T20 competitive exactly. game. I mean, yeah. I, I think now they've somehow managed, maybe there's some COVID hangover or something like that, but it's good to see it through. Yeah, yeah that's an interesting I mean, point. Yeah, I mean, uh, last, last time I tried to will a good game into existence and, you know, we at least got one of those. Uh, but um, to me, the big this thing was actually uh, South Africa, your team. Uh, I was pretty impressed by how they've played. I think um, their limited overs cricket looks uh, fairly promising at this point. Uh, with some of the with with some of the talent uh-huh. that they have, Markram coming through at number four is like it's it, that is massive. Because that really the- is massive. Even going into like an ODI setup, this means that you can uh, you can. Like you can play all three of Dickock, Milan, and Makram in the team, along with Bavuma. So, uh, and you don't have to keep Rasi up at number four. He can come in at number five, and that pushes Miller down to a spot two in ODI. So, Makram really doing well in the middle order has been. It's actually been great for SA. Yeah, and you know the bowling continued to look pretty good. You know. Apart from that opening game against Australia, they they look pretty great, and you know it's unfortunate that they have to uh, exit the tournament from you know uh, with with net run rate. But I mean, I guess that's the nature of the game, you know. No, but I think yeah, they were a bit conservative it's... against Bangladesh. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that but was the also... game which Shesha more easily won, especially since the other teams did a lot better uh-huh. and. And though Australia lost, got creamed by England, I mean, they really made up for it with uh, so much more. Yeah, I was actually uh, reading up on like a lot of stuff that went went by after South Africa 
got eliminated on netron rate eventually apparently there was some sort of uh, tactical miscalculations or something uh, south african batsmen apparently were told they have about 12 to 15 overs to chase the target down and so maybe that's why they were being a bit conservative and also that day tuskin ahmed had a pretty scary spell he he took out the two most informed sa batsmen and uh, i guess that really motivated why uh, south africa and especially rasi van der dusen who the very next game scored like in like pretty in like pretty intent intensive innings playing quite conservatively against bangladesh yeah but uh, i mean i think ultimately what it what it gave us i think we got a good uh, good group uh, out of that one yeah, because the one felt felt like we had like a bunch of you know mino bashing uh, yeah. afghanistan <laughs> the promise didn't really you know pan out yeah. entirely that's true i oh. i feel that the loss of mujib really impacted them in some ways um, absolutely impacted you mean, also in our fantasy league Yeah, that's. True. But um, I mean, against India, I would have really thought that Mujib and Rashid in tandem. It really threw all of Nabi's plans in disarray. And I mean, mm-hmm. I I thought against India he could have brought Rashid Khan sooner, and so on. But I I I uh, maybe he just he had a plan A, but I I guess he did not have plan B when either of the two spinners got injured. So I really thought Afghanistan's chances just yeah. whittled away after Mubi got. I mean, Mujib. got uh, injured but yeah mm. i mean group b was very a uh, group a right group a is the group of death as such yeah oh so yeah but group b was i mean i i think the two best teams from group b is the qualified i won't call india the best team by mm. a mile but group a really other other in south africa i thought sri lanka were quite good as well i mean i asranka mm. really looks a great fine and asranka is now the number one ranked t20 bowler and he also did quite well with the bat against england so i mean i really yeah. look forward to seeing him i i think uh, hasranga is also uh, the highest wicket taker in the world cup now i mean i don't think anyone's beaten yeah that's including the first round yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. First exactly round, yeah that's true yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah the highest wicket taker i think is bolt and zampa which again zampa was another surprise i thought people figured him out but apparently not come back well uh, i think since the uh, culmination of the 2020 ipl he had a very good bbl uh, last uh, aussie summer and he's actually come back pretty strongly into the australian side he's doing pretty well the um, of hasran guys like does he have a, a a test this thing already or yeah, is he he, he played against south africa yeah. his first game and i think that was the game where four sri lankan players got injured so he got smashed Yeah, but yeah, I think okay. he also batted well that game. Yeah, yeah, he was, I know. Yeah, <laughs> he was one of their uh, bright spots throughout uh, the end of twenty twenty, starting of twenty one when they visited uh, South Africa and went to West Indies. Uh, Hasranga has been has actually been growing well in all actually, formats. Actually, I don't think he played in in West Indies. Um, he played just he did. in South oh, Africa. Ah, uh, no, no Embleton yeah came back so. Because no, Hasranga got uh, in ODI. Oh yeah, yeah. sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Because I think he got smashed at game. He was taken for two hundred yeah, yeah. runs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, like I guess uh, some bright spots for Sri Lankan cricket. 
in fact i thought they might have actually had a case to qualify they lost two games pretty close so yeah like you know maybe yeah. in another parallel universe sri lanka is in the top 4 but uh, yeah somehow my prediction of australia making it to the top 4 did come true you know it's i don't know if it's just australia and world cups or the other teams somehow faltered against australia but like what what do you make of this uh, aussie side cuz it to me it just feels like they're heavily reliant on warner and uh, zampa of course mitchell marsh is slowly uh, starting to pick up his pre world cup form but they've been so reliant on just two players uh, is is it going to go bust against pakistan um, i would uh, think so actually because um, they have their issues and against um, uh, uh, finch is quite strong in leg spin and uh, but so i would imagine they might not start there but they have the pace to do it so i would think that pakistan have the bowling attack to peg australia back and we saw against england where um, when right. wokes just hit the deck um, and maintained his line they had no answer so i think in shaheen who does his job better than much better than works in the power play i think he would definitely run to the openers and it's been warner and finch has been doing quite well for them but i i don't see australia progressing but pakistan being pakistan <laughs> and you know there's never been a team that's won a t20 world cup having not lost a game at all so maybe this is like not a good sign for pakistan coming into a knockout playoff uh but also coming to that england game with where australia got creamed uh, the problem was also where they lost too many up front in the power play and then you had glen maxwell coming in almost 15 balls into the innings now with mitchell marsh back that game mitch marsh didn't play but now with mitchell marsh back uh and also probably you would think that sense would prevail and you'd send wade and stoin is ahead of maxwell uh do you think that the power play threat is still going to be so potent that australia would crumble like they did against england i think it's dependent on the bowling of pakistan more than anything right because mm. uh shaheen is good enough to run through even the best batsmen so um and and i think harris ross has kind of picked it up as the as yeah. the tournament has gone along so i uh, i think you know pakistan's bowling potency is probably more uh, you know something more to watch i have not been entirely impressed with australia's batting although you know we all know the quality is definitely there so mm. yeah i mean i i think uh, i i think you know warner and finch are in for quite a bit of a test and i think once you get through that top order it, it should be fairly easy going for pakistan right i mean but, but um, i think the toss might have yeah that was I mean, my next point because <laughs> yeah. like you know the toss has been so crucial like One of course towards that, the yeah go on towards the end of this world cup phase uh teams batting first have started to defend totals a bit uh so like you know it's uh it's possible that you know the toss may not be that crucial you know if you play your cards right that means you've shown but for pakistan alone and i'm not talking about in general maybe england have definitely shown that they are capable 
Um, Pakistan, they had they did this against um, Namibia and they did this against Scotland. And in both games, I thought their stats were conservative. Either Rizwan or Babur, for that matter. I know Babur's been in great form, but mm. Babur still has the same problem as he had before. He's mm. been quite conservative and they require some absolutely explosive batting at the end to, I mean, uh, to get them to... I mean, okay, Namibia and Scotland might not have the depth firepower to yeah. uh, allow so many runs, but I'm surely uh, sure Malik's not going to hit um, 54 of 18 balls again against his Australian mm. side, right? And I, I think if they bat first, that conservative approach might come to bite them, especially because Babur really needs to get six. Even Rizwan, for that matter, both Babur mm. and Rizwan might be a tad too conservative. And, and it's appeared to be a great um, for template for chasing because they definitely know how to pace their innings. But with batting first, I've not, con- I've not been convinced. It's just that Scotland and Namibia really have not had the dead bowling resources to trouble Pakistan enough. But Australia do have that. So it'll be interesting to see how... Um, yeah, how that's also... Yeah, that's also a great point that you mentioned that, you know, they're conservative starters. But before I bring in an interesting stat that I observed online, uh, I want to, like, you know, have one small crack at Australia again. Like, um, their best bowler has been Josh Hazelwood. But, you know, he's he's an improved T20 cricketer, but he has just that one thing where he hits hard lengths and the odd cutter slash knuckleball. So, he's not he's not very big on the variations. How how much is it going to impact uh, Australia? Like, do you see that only like their batting is their biggest problem, or do you think this Australian side is going to get get it in both ends? Like, you know, batting first, bowling first, really isn't going to matter because they have a lot more holes than what they can afford to have. Well, so one thing that throws this in a wrench is Hazelwood is the Babar Azam whisperer. So. You know, he he seems to have Babur's number more often than not. I know it's I know it's more in a in red ball than than white ball, but um, I think Babur. But to, bowls similarly, red ball, white ball. Yeah, exactly. Matter. That 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 line and lengthy ball seems to yeah. trouble Babur as um, uh, like and that too with some of the bounce that he's able to get. So, uh, you know, may, maybe that's 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 a factor. I mean, Cummins as well. So uh, I think that that is potentially something we could see, but yeah, I mean, I don't think this is a sort of a gun twenty twenty bowling attack that Australia has. I do think that yeah. they are reasonably vulnerable. Zampa, he's bowled really well, but leg spinners are prone to getting hit anyway. So I think uh, you know that's a risk you you always have with the leg spinner. So yeah, I, I mean, I I do think Pakistan conservative starts. I think if they have a if they convert that conservative start into a long enough partnership, I don't think it's too much of an issue. Yeah. Because that's actually the, like they waste. That's actually yeah, the no. start point that I had noticed because um, let's say like, you know, both Barber and Prizwan, they're, they're conservative, but Barber is more that, that sort of player where he's, he's, he's an accumulator slash anchor who, who would usually want to bat uh, through the power play and you know be there for as long as possible scoring runs and you know setting up a foundation Rizwan on the other hand he's he's more he's not an anchor per se but uh, he doesn't score super fast initially so it's yeah I get it's not like the most ideal combination you want in the power play but here's the interesting thing that I noticed uh, online when I was looking at like 
Rizwan's numbers and somebody had also pointed this pattern out, which is basically uh, Rizwan, when he's, when he's facing the first six balls of his innings, his strike rate is pretty low. It's almost below 100. And, you know, it, and even when it's about 10 balls, it's still not very high. It's still about just below 100, which really reflects because if you think about it so far, he has three innings uh, where he's scored under 100 runs. Uh, 100 strike rate so far and uh, those are the three innings he's gotten out below 10 also in his score so like you know that that really is flowing well but what happens then is after he's faced 15 balls his strike rate starts to pick up so uh, he comes to about 130 from 15 to 20 balls and after 20 balls his strike rate just like explodes to the high 250s and then then it's under it's over 300 so this is like sort of Rizwan's template. Kind of like the Rohit of the ODI World Cup. Uh, I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Having both Rizwan and Babur, I mean, sure, they definitely get the good partnerships going, but um, Babur being the anchor and Rizwan, that it, it's, it's waiting to be, you know, you expect them to get a mm. loss so that they'll maybe anticipate some trouble later in the finals and semis. But since they have not had that loss, it seems perfect now. But I just feel that it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bomb waiting to explode. Yeah, but I also think for Pakistan, they don't have much of a better option at that top order, right? I, oh, I, I wouldn't change yeah, it. Absolutely. I wouldn't change it at this point. Because like, if, if you think has... of it, their, their backups are, like, I guess they have two bowlers. They can get and... fucker at the top. But that's the um yeah, yeah but then who would play I number would... three? Because you would then have to promote one of Hafiz, then then you would Hafiz or no, no, I, I I was thinking just put either Rizwan or Babar in three. But uh, I think that's yeah. worse than putting both of I, yeah. I, I think yeah. Babar at the three is definitely not. That's like putting Virat at the three at this point. So no, I, exactly. I wouldn't go with that. Yeah. But it feels like uh Pakistan have the same problem that South Africa do. Uh, which is they have too many accumulators in the side. They have Hafiz, they have uh, Malik and Babar in the side. Uh, it's fair, like, you know, Malik has shown that he can strike at a pretty high strike rate and Sora has Hafiz. But both those innings have been against not superior opposition. So, uh, can they do the same thing against a better spinner in, say, a Zampa or a better bowling attack like? Australia's. I mean, I think the ideal situation for them is for Babur and Rizwan to get a big partnership going uh, to the point where then they could promote Asif Ali. Yeah, that's exactly the order. what I wanted to say. But that would be the ideal scenario, I suppose. But uh, yeah, but as you said, you know, the Rizwan starts, right? And Hazelwood um, will definitely make it hard for them. But I think they're playing yeah. it this in Dubai and not Abu Dhabi. And um, Abu Dhabi is the wicket for Pacers, which is what the tournament has shown. So, I think it should not be that much of a difficulty for them. I could be wrong. But um, since it's Dubai, I, I do fancy them having an easier time with the Pacers and Hazelwood in particular. So, Hazelwood is still your prime, prime destroyer? No, as in at least in the... New ball power play session because both these uh, one is Hazelwood has a record against power and Rizwan is a bit of a slow starter. So at that stage, the only person who can get a bit of movement off the pitch would be Hazelwood. So 
And right. uh, of course, Stark has the fullish delivery, but I think mm-hmm. both batters are good against the full delivery. I think it's just the good length uh-huh. which is going to trouble them. But since it's Dubai, I I again feel that maybe the pitch could change. Maybe he's over the spell of his life. I don't know, but I feel that yeah. they'd be a lot more comfortable that they got in Dubai run. Well, I think like Pakistan will be happy with anywhere in the UAE because uh, over the last five years they played sixteen T20s there and they haven't lost a single one yet. So you know maybe they just ride out this whole World Cup with that streak intact. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, moving to the other semi-final, which is actually the first semi-final, and that's tomorrow. It's between England and New Zealand. Um, so yeah, like New Zealand somehow always find a way to come to an ICC semi-final. I think they, they haven't missed out on much, uh, in the last five editions, I think they missed out on one semi-final at most. So, um, what, what do you guys think of like this New Zealand side? Of course, it's not the best T20 team there. Like, uh, they also have like the similar problem of having too many accumulators, but I think with Glenn Phillips and Nisham coming to the party towards the end of this World Cup has really given them a lot of confidence. I mean, you have to say they're a much better sum of their parts. I mean, they've been really good. I, I, I mean, they really surprised me. I think you predicted that New Zealand will come to the semis ahead of Pakistan. or uh, And you change your mind later to get India, but India. out of this. But yeah, I mean... Even I, I I didn't expect because I did, thought, as you said, they had too many accumulators. And even Glenn Phillips isn't an out-and-out hitter. And Nisham has a huge weakness against spin. And mm. they somehow figured that, okay, they, they shouldn't expose Nisham early. And they managed to get their order right. And and their bowling attack has been nothing sort of sublime. I mean, they, I, I didn't expect Saudi to do this well. Um, in the T20 World Cup, uh, especially after Lockie, yeah. their best bowler being injured. And uh, I mean, Bolt, Saudi, and Mill is, uh, is also doing quite well. And Saudi and Santana have been, I've always been a fan of Saudi in T20s. I think he's quite underrated uh, in this format, at least. But uh, yeah, he's just showing why he's quite good. And I, and I would fancy England, especially without Roy, might face quite a bit of difficulties in Abu Dhabi, which is where uh, the New Zealand bowlers have made quite a bit of merry there. I think they should, it should be a, a lot. More difficult game than you know what the um, thing initially suggests. Yeah, I think like New Zealand have found out uh, like a great way to use Saudi. They give most of his overs up in the power play. They don't they don't save him up for the death or like you know. So he he usually finishes his quota or he doesn't get to bowl at the death. So he he has a very strong impact right up front, and that really sets up the game for Santner and Sodhi to come and apply the breaks in the middle and I think that actually Milne has been bowling well but uh, he has also proven that he can be expensive. He's gone for quite a few boundaries this uh, World Cup especially that Scotland game where he after he bowled a maiden he came back and he conceded five boundaries the very next over. So with Milne you have that sort of risk reward thing that you might want to play on with but yeah I guess like New Zealand have done best with what they have and that's usually the New Zealand way right like they there's always the underdog never the outright favorite and then they just always sneak into the top four yeah I mean and the Sandler and Sodhi they've just put a complete chokehold on scoring once the power play is yeah. 
is done. Like that the 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 thing with Sandler is like he just does not let runs uh, accumulate, and then uh, Sodhi can be the more aggressive guy and mm-hmm. and then pick up those crucial middle order wickets. So, um, but the the thing with England is uh, the concern that we had that they weren't really being tested batting wise. Yeah, I think that is definitely alleviated somewhat at this point. I think we're a lot more confident in their batting and uh, yeah. what they can do throughout. I think Moin Ali has uh, come to the party pretty well. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, now that Roy is gone, I think, you know, it might give, it might make them uh, promote either Best or Milan, which either one would be pretty preferable for uh, mm. for England. I think having so many opening caliber batsmen that are that good that you had to play all of them was maybe a bit of a problem that uh, England yeah. might be a little relieved to to not have anymore. Yeah, actually, India can take note because uh, England have fit in like what five opening batters in that team. They have Roy, Butler, Basto, Livingston, Malan, and Moin can open too. So, like you know, that's about seven openers in that team. Uh, uh, so yeah, like I guess uh, like, you know. India has a ready-made template for them, especially with the squad they put out today. Uh, but yeah, coming back to the World Cup, um, the the concern that we had about England's batting that's definitely alleviated. Uh, of course, the the Roy problem: do they start with wins or do they persist with their existing batters and bring in a bowler and Billy or you know just play Billings in one of the middle order spots? Uh, it's all still up for grabs. But coming to the bowling, I think South Africa really exposed England's bowling. Yeah, yeah especially without Mills. Uh, yeah, that was, was going to say issue. the Mills injury was a big. Yeah. Mills injury was a big turning mm-hmm. point. I mean, Jordan's fine. He's definitely, I would say, punched above his weight in the tournament. But I, I don't see him as their out-and-out finisher. Wood is not a finisher. Wood is also great in the power play. Wokes is great in the power play. You have too many bowlers who are great in the power play. Moin can't bowl elsewhere. Uh, and this is a massive yeah. problem for them, which is why bringing in Willie is not that bad an option. But you have to consider that Willie is also like works. And you're going to have too many power play bowlers for no reason. And the only other option they have is like Topley. Yeah. And Topley is going to weaken their batting quite heavily. So it's it's a very bad choice England have right now. I, I thought Mills and Roy was quite a big blow because of this. Now, uh, before I thought that Malan might not be the best choice, but considering they're playing against New Zealand, I think Malan would be a great choice to open because New Zealand's pace bowlers have been quite good at the power play and this is Abu Dhabi as well. So, I would think Malan would be a great opening option to negotiate the pace bowling because he's best um, against pace in this um, entire England lineup, at least yeah. uh, in, in terms of form. So, and this would be a good chance for him to get settled before spin comes on. And this might, like, force New Zealand to bring Santner early. And uh, if Malan could just rotate the strike to Butler, Butler could make them pay for that. And so, I, I think that mm. might be a, a much better option than um, um, what they had with Roy. But the problem with Roy's injuries is that it exposes a huge gap in their bowling because of Mills as well. And they can't just bring in Topley, who's a like-to-like substitute um, in at least in terms of the finishing front uh, because Roy's injury has a, has necessitated another batter in the side so, so it's quite a big selection headache and not the good way of yeah. 
I think yeah, like really um, you could uh, you could potentially get him to bowl on the depth because he can do that sort of tram line, you know, wide Yorker uh, type stuff. Maybe not to the level of consistency you'd want, but I don't think he's just a like a pure power play merchant like maybe Wokes or Wood are. So uh, I think Willie might be the might be the answer to that. Yeah, I I think with Billy Billy also because you know he he has played top order uh in domestic T20 competitions. He he has a hundred a couple of hundreds to you know coming in the top 3. So he's not a mug with the bat, he's a genuine hitter. So, you know, Willie could be an option. Um but I think they'll might be tempted to, you know, put Bearstow up there because you know I mean yeah, he's had a torrid run in this World Cup, but he, I think his preferred batting spot is not number four and is opening. And he's, he's pretty good as an opener as his uh, IPL numbers would also suggest. And also his like England numbers would also suggest when in ODI cricket, at least he's really good as an opener. So um, I think they might be tempted to go with Bairstow because, you know, he also hits both pace and spin really well. So, do you think there's a case to just push Besto up and maybe slot in a Billings and just trust Wood to come good on the day? I would definitely consider the case for Billings. Best promoting Besto up, I would I wouldn't deny that Besto has performed very well in UAE and he's a great T20 batter. But there's just one thing we all know Besto's weakness, which is the nip backer, and New Zealand are very capable of exploiting that uh, with Saudi oh, yeah. and Bolt. Yeah. Which is why I think Malan would be a better fit, at least for this New Zealand attack. Even if they bring Santana early, if Malan can just get off strike, then it will allow Butler to put Santana on the pressure on the power play. Which is, I mean, Santana and Sodhi are great middle-over bowlers, but they have not been brought into the power play as of yet. And that's because New Zealand mm-hmm. have a great power play attack. And this could just throw New Zealand's plans into disarray by just bringing Malan up. But if you bring Bastard as good likelihood that Bolt, Saudi and Mill are going to, you know, try to get him out in the in the power playoffs itself because they know his weakness and it's to their strengths as well. I mean, all of them are great power play bowlers. So, I, I mm-hmm. would just think Malan would be the better fit purely because of his better ability against pace uh, in T20s rather than Basto. Um, yeah. But... I, I think if we move on to the English batting, I know we can say that the English batting has done quite well, but among the three, uh, among the batters, the only three people have faced more than 60 balls and Roy is one of them. So it's others, yeah. Butler and Moin. So I think that is a bit of a concern, especially with uh, Malan and um, Malan and um, this Basto not in, in exactly firing. So mm-hmm. Morgan got a decent game against Sri Lanka, but he was allowed to get a decent game because Butler was so good at the other end. So that was that was a very very dirty innings. He boosted his strike rate at the end with two sixes. <laughs> so exactly. very dirty innings. And like I said, it was because of Butler, you know, being mm. at the other end and was absolutely. I think played the innings of the tournament there. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, with Morgan, I again Morgan Livingston not being tested, this could put England into a bit of a spot here, especially against the space attack. So, yeah. it's best to 
bring uh, so, try to force new zealand to make a mistake than anything else so would you say that uh who wins the toss let's say new zealand wins the toss they would be looking to bowl first whereas with england if they win the toss they would also be looking to bowl first because they wouldn't want new zealand to you know try and have the first move with the ball where they can put some sort of pressure on them because their batting order is it's not completely certain absolutely i think um, they also the other thing is obviously due but with new zealand um, the thing is mm-hmm. they can be a, a bit conservative actually they have been a bit conservative if dr lazen got the start they want uh, they wanted so Uh, there is a bit of a reliance on captain mitchell has shown some good amount but williamson has been you know calm in chases but he hasn't been exactly the best batter when setting up a score i i think in that um, game against um, scotland they were very conservative and it really took yeah. some it took uh, a five overs the maximum amount of runs and for the last five overs to get them to winning stage and even then they couldn't defend it as a pretty well so they you know that that score was a little under par against the scotland side so i think england would definitely want new zealand to bat first because they don't have an out and out plan yet and they really uh, hope for guptill to fire in those games so that mm. i think is definitely to england's advantage more than new zealand for that yeah i think new zealand's best best find of this world cup uh it's probably Darrell Darrell Mitchell because you know he he's shown that he can be a good hitter up front because all of us we were all pretty surprised with the exclusion of Finn Allen and Darrell Mitchell's already come out and showed that hey you know what like Finn Allen's not here but you know I'm here and I can do a job too so do you think he's going to try and take on England's power play attack which is in all fairness their only bowling attack that they have um yeah so i think if england bring on moin ali mitchell is definitely going to take him on which is you know another case for england bringing in willy or something like that because they can try getting mitchell out early i, I think we saw that mitchell even against india he was willing to take the spinners on and moin is a great sixth bowler but not a very good fifth bowler and um in the yeah. power play especially to mitchell i i think morgan knows his match up well so he's not going to bring moin ali out up front so yeah that is going to be an issue for um, if england go all out pace right and get willy works and wood in the power play then mm-hmm. i would imagine both gaptil and mitchell to be struggling and then williams is just coming and dabbing it for singles but that's what i would imagine but, yeah yeah <laughs> mm Okay then so um i guess like mini predictions time again who do you think is going to make out into the finals from these four i think ideally it should be new zealand versus australia because that would mean we do get a completely new champions <laughs> but my prediction is uh, going to be the exact opposite it's going to be pakistan uh, england yeah i'm so, going to right. say but uh, if new zealand you know managed to win the toss and make england back then i think we it could be a 50 50 chance right i think i am i'm 50 50 on your predictions cuz uh, one of my finalists is the same as you guys uh which is i'm i'm having england in the final 
but the other one I'm going to go with Australia. I'm, I think it's going to be a repeat of the 2010 final. Not the result, but just the fixture. Uh, the result, I, I, I mean, I guess the final can go either way. You can't, you can't really say that, you know, based on trends and all that. But um, yeah, I think Australia are going to cause an upset this semi-final. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting if they actually managed to. Yeah, like, even with a team this is, so this is the kind of World flaws. Cup where you can kind of like stumble into the championship. That 2010 final you talked about was a pretty bad final. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah uh, and also this Australia-Pakistan fixture, it was, um, you know, it, it happened in the 2010 World Cup too. And, you know, I think it's one of the greatest ever T20 games that happened. You know, Mike Hussey uh, slamming Saeed Ajmal in that last over. So, yeah. Uh, Maybe Pakistan fans uh, might be a bit wary of it. You know, the fun fact of the semis is that Ajman had a an economy rate of under six until that game. Yeah. Hasi, <laughs> he was actually the best T20 bowler at that time. And, mm. and yeah, Hasi just made him look so silly Come on. in that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Pakistan have their unbeaten UA record. Australia have their heroics from 2010 to look back on um been interesting second semi final i think the first one's more more or less going to be a, a straightforward win for england i don't really see them struggling but yeah i mean interesting uh two knockout games up ahead and yeah, yeah hopefully the final also lives up uh to the sort of expectations it's built up because um, one of the main favorites is in there so it's it's nice to see that uh the last time uh, interestingly for Indian fans, uh, last time India didn't qualify for a World T20, Pakistan did. Uh, Pakistan won that World Cup. And the very next ODI World Cup that happened, India uh, won it. And another interesting parallel then was also that within a year, there was another T20 World Cup too. <laughs> so, you know, maybe everything's just lining up for India to win the upcoming White Ball World Cup. Man. <laughs> I, I just hope we get. I mean, yeah, that's more likely. But I just hope we get uh, Wahab Riyaz versus Watson 2.0. Um, you know. So, uh, so we Shaheen, haven't had any doing that Shaheen. to like Finch. Uh, I don't Finch. know. <laughs> yeah. Would be so, the Watson? Is Finch the Watson equivalent? Uh, we I, maybe like, like maybe Mitch Marsh. Like, I mean, look, yeah. he has a strike oh, rate and he opens. Thing so I I, mm. I at least in the batting front I would say somewhat yes Harris Harris Roth to Mitchell Marsh David Warner Harris Roth to David Warner might be spicy because you know Warner can really you know, take on players and yeah you know get get that bit yeah like you know in I would face, I'd be like, surprised if um, Imad Wazim is still given the overs on the power play especially in this opening combination mm. but yeah if they manage to get a wicket I would. Think Imad would come, but Imad has definitely is a power play spinner. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And Smith, uh, I mean Finch was has found some weakness against the arm ball. Um, I think he was exposed in the group stages as well. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see yeah. if Imad gets uh, the bowling at the power play. Yeah. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's a lot of. Uh talking points to uh, maybe analyze after 
the final because um i'm sure we're going to come back and look back and on how these playoffs went and like we we'll, let's hope that we have a new winner like on in house nostradamus has predicted so um yeah um until the end of the finals uh, hope you guys have a good week and enjoy all the cricket that's in for us yeah uh, this is ani as well signing off until next time yep. this is anand hopefully we have a great world cup